This was when they put it up on the board a second ago. I didn't get it. You're up that's by all 54. I mean, that's, that's all it's about is the points. And that's what really gets under my skin. And, and, you know, and being about the game and being about respect, I mean, you know you're, you're not going to lose this game. You're up 54 points. I mean, relax, please. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. What up? It's Gamer Runs here on 101.5 UMFM. Relax. I'm here with my main man, Suraj Kanda. Boy, how you doing? I feel good. Things are good. It's a, there's a good energy in December this year, man. Good. Seasonal affective disorder hasn't kicked in. Basketball is still going. And uh, yeah, you know, things are good right now. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Do you know where that clip was from that I played uh, before the intro? Well, I'm trying to think. Who scored 54 points recently? <laughs> James Harden. <laughs> to be fair, that they were upset that they were up by 54 points. Oh. And Harden continued to play. Oh, okay. Uh, who were they facing? The Atlanta Hawks. So yes. that was Dominique Wilkins, and I'm not even sure who the other guy was, who was like, they're up 54! And Dominique was like, relax. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. So you know what I, I did immediately when I heard that? I went to his career high. I knew you would. 57 points, actually against the Bulls in, okay. uh, in 84, I believe, Michael Jordan's rookie year. Guess how much they won by? 40. 30. 30. Hey, that, yo, hey, Dominique was still playing in the fourth yeah, quarter. <laughs> hey. Probably, hey. So, I mean, it's easy to say now when you're in the booth, but uh, when you're on the floor, it's a different story. Also, Let's, yeah. James Harden only played three quarters. <laughs> he did. So, I mean, it's fair game. Without a doubt, man. Like, I, I actually I played that clip not only because it's hilarious. 54 points. 54. Yeah, relax. Um, but... I'm actually curious to get your take on that because this has been this has been kind of a pattern, so to speak, right? Like the only player that actually played in the fourth quarter that was on one of these scoring tears was Devin Booker, and that's because they were losing. They were actually on the other end of a blowout. They were getting their butts kicked, and he was still scoring. So they kept the, uh, they kept him in to see how if he can get over seventy, which he did, or he got seventy, but. We've seen this with Harden now a few times, for sure, where it's like the 60.3 quarters and then you don't play the fourth. We've seen this with Clay a few times. We've seen it with Steph. Uh, guys like LeBron and um, Carmelo, they've both got 60 against the Bobcats, but they ended up playing uh, for most of the game anyways. That was in like a full game. If you're the coach, like, is it really just about the complete context of your team, the player, your season, and everything? Or are you just like... <laughs> Let's go, man. We're playing for history here. Let them fly in the fourth quarter. Okay, well, the difference between Devin Booker's and, let's say, James Harden, if James Harden played the fourth quarter, one would be distasteful. The other is just trash. Like, if you have Devin Booker, Devin Booker basically has nothing to play for that will affect the greater picture of the playoffs this year. And that's no... Shame on the uh, on the Suns right now. They have to deal with a an, uh, an Aiden suspension, and uh, Devin Booker is still learning his chops right now. Uh, who was killing it offensively? But let's face it, the Suns aren't doing anything too crazy. Uh, big shouts, Ricky Rubio, though, vastly improved that team. 
Uh, on the other end, James Harden, if he played the fourth quarter, that would be distasteful. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. So you're with Nick here. Well, it would be distasteful if he played the fourth quarter. Uh Whereas the Devin Booker one is gross because his teammates were feeding him. We were like, well, we're already going to lose the game. Let's just get this guy as high as many points as possible, right? right like, it's right, just right. like there was no rhyme or reason to get this guy 70 points. The team was losing and there was no chance of you winning the game. You were just in it to get your teammate points. The other one's distasteful because you're rubbing it in their face. James Harden was benched, what, two points shy? Of his of his career high, one point actually, one point. I think shy. it's sixty one, and he scored sixty. Correct. Uh, benched one point shy of his career high, and he he gave this up. Oh come on, man! Like yeah, because he, he wasn't he aware until he saw it on the scoreboard that he was actually one short. Yeah. Um. Part of me thinks that like. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was very aware of it. Uh. Most of the time, like most players are aware of their stats at the time. But I think when you're in like the 50s and 60s, you probably lose track. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because yeah. you're just in a flow state at that point. Yes. And uh, I, hey, contrary to what our listeners think, I've never scored 50 or 60 points. That's a lot of points. Yeah, it's a lot of points. That's uh, not even in a shoot around. Maybe no, I've scored that in a season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's like that's where it would be distasteful. It's not distasteful at all, though. You were up 30, and he only played three quarters, and he scored 60. That's not distasteful at all. That's fair game. As a matter of fact, it's a mercy rule that they bench James Harden. Right. Um, the Rockets and James Harden are completely in the right here. I can't see how this is like in any way disrespectful or bad. Without a doubt. I think, I, I think I'm agreeing with you here because if he did play the fourth quarter... That's when I would understand if if the Hawks commentators got like really upset. Yeah. They were upset during the third quarter. And they got to understand their team is awful. Like yeah. god awful, especially on defense. They don't have anybody on their team that could keep somebody in front of them. Yeah. It's actually comical. And when you have one of the greatest scorers of all time come into your gym and let yourself up, I understand they're salty. You call basketball games. Yeah. What if somebody came into the Bison gym and put up, say, a respectful U Sports 40 points, which is which is big time in a 40-minute 40, oh, yeah. 40 game, 40 points in three quarters, and they're, and they're up significantly. How do you feel about that through three quarters? Are you upset that they even played in the third quarter? Uh, I would say they just witnessed, we just witnessed some basketball greatness and the Bisons got crushed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, that's fair. Yeah. Like, this person knows how to hoop. And then I'll have you run the whole highlight reel and it'll basically take the whole three minute period break. <laughs> and then once the fourth quarter starts, like, well, looking into the next game. And uh, and we'll basically be able to commentate on all the bench players, and you get some good experience with like seeing those guys on the floor uh, or or women on the floor. Um, but like, if you're if you're watching that and they don't play the fourth quarter, what more like what more can they do? How much more respectful? No, we're gonna bench James Harden at half. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? <laughs> no, I could not agree more. Like, I think. And again, I, I'll mention that this happened with Clay. This happened with Steph. This has happened with other players. Going into the fourth quarter is become a courtesy, right? Of to bench the star player that is obviously on fire because you're up by so much, right? You get your bench players in. It's obviously uh, to prevent injury as well. But for them to be so upset during the third quarter 
And even like that that clip that we played uh, in the cold open was them just reacting to him being surprised that he didn't get more than 61 right because yeah. it was a pretty like outlandish reaction right it wasn't just like a oh hmm it was like oh my god gets up off the bench walks to the end yeah. comes back like he did kind of make a show of it he did which i mean if i'm but that's just the nature of james harden is selfish <laughs> yes that's yes of course it is i mean when you, when you average close to 40 points like it, it that's just it. You're right? on you're on a Kobe level right now. Exactly. Like Kobe 0506, right? Like even more so, which is just ridiculous to even think about. Uh but the the tear this guy's on uh, and then to go into Atlanta and just completely tear them up. Man, I I just wanted to tell Nick to shut up, man. Yeah, it's a little bit of the old head mentality, right? Like Chuck will say something uh on on inside the NBA and I'll just be like I don't agree with that at all. I'll I'll even bring up science to prove you wrong. <laughs> but it's just like in the nature in the context of what Chuck is saying, he's allowed to say it because that's a voice of the NBA. Right. Right? Um and and that's just another situation where you can't really you can't really call it entirely wrong. You just have to call it that it's one side of the perspective. And one side of the perspective is that James Harden is a selfish player and couldn't could, didn't really need to score that many points, but like, what is the nature of basketball really? It's to put the ball in the hole. That is the point. <laughs> it's it's it, he's he's quite literally playing basketball. And uh, how can you be upset that the dude played seventy five percent of the game at maximum capacity? They're just mad. Their team's trash. Yeah, that's like, pretty much hot it. Hot garbage trash. It's not even because Collins is out. They're just not playing well. I want to tra- transition this into. Um, Harden and the rest of the MVP field because this is just my way of wanting to talk about Luca. But James Harden last year had an unbelievable season scoring the ball and then lost to Giannis in the MVP race. Yeah. He has four second place finishes in MVPs in the last five years, which should equate like every three second place finishes should equate to. One MVP. Yeah, right. Just you just <laughs> add them up. I'll, I'll exchange these second places for one <laughs> yeah, first place. Up. Yeah, it's a trade-in. For real. Um, it, And, like, it's kind of like LeBron, right? Uh, did you see Scotty Brooks' comment uh, this week where he's saying that, like, if you guys weren't so tired of voting for LeBron, you would have had nine MVPs right now, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't bat an eye at because he's been the, like, objectively best player on the planet for a long time now. Yeah, maybe 12, 13, 14 years, give it whatever you want. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I know I know the voters um, definitely put some onus on the story and the context of the season and best player, best team kind of thing, but I'm going to ask you a super general media question, but what the heck does Harden have to do? And I'm asking you this knowing I want to ask this about Luka right after. MVP versus best player in the league. That's where the issue is. Okay, interesting. MVP is media and narrative driven. Best player in the league is pretty objective. That was LeBron James. Like uh you could go to objective uh stats or you could go to objectively if you pull every single GM in the league from 2004 to 2017, what's the first name? That they'd pick, LeBron James. Yes, uh, without a doubt. The only other one I could consider is Steph Curry, 
and that's not until 2016, 2017. These guys are taking over sort of thing. Um, maybe in 2012, some some uh, some contrarians would choose Kevin Durant after they just made a finals trip. Other than that, it's LeBron James. Best player, by far. MVP, narrative-driven. Uh, subject to voter fatigue. Subject to, we've given this guy enough. What's the new hot flavor? And MVP is something that has to be shared around a lot more. So Harden already has one. Steph already has two. These guys are ruled out, basically. Giannis has one. Mm, this Pascal dude looks pretty good. Oh, does he ever? Can the Raptors sneak a one seed again? Hmm, this Pascal dude. Mm, I don't know. Luca. Hey, these Mavs are looking pretty hot. And oh yeah, he's only up on LBJ and the Lakers. He's only in the second year. But you know what? Before you fly, you have to run. Before, <laughs> before you run, you have to walk. Before you walk, you have to crawl. Before you win MVP, you have to win Player of the Month. Before you win Player of the Month, you have to win Player of the Week. Carmelo Anthony has won Player of the Week and is single-handedly, against all of my words I've said about him, saving the Blazers' season. And it's not like, you know, Carmelo Anthony uh, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, one Player of the Weeks in the Western and Eastern Conference, respectively. Um, You know, Carmelo Anthony, you know, putting up a very respectable 22-6-2 with 45% from three. And 3-0. The Blazers 3-0 last week. On the other end, you know, 22-6-2, very respectable. But, you know, I mean, James Harden of 47-5-7. Nah, I mean, it's like apples and oranges, right? You can't really compare them. You know, Luka 39-9, you know, apples and oranges. You can't really compare them. Oh, LeBron 27-5-11, three wins, one loss. Oh, you can't really compare them. You know, I mean, Mellow, hot new flavor. Player of the week, right? (laughs) That's all it is. That's all these voting things are. They're just flavors of the week if we voted objectively it would just be like lebron james lebron james Giannis, Giannis, uh luca luca um and steph curry if you were healthy right like it, it harden right it, it's it's very formulaic if we don't convince ourselves to vote for something new i love how you broke that down because i could not believe that mellow one player of the week off 22 six and two are you serious my player's 5'9 in 2K, and I've gotten that before. Um, like I, And you nailed it on the head, right? He's the hot flavor. He's been the talk of the town lately, for better or for worse. And has he been playing well? Absolutely. Has he helped the Trailblazers? Absolutely. Yeah, they, he's doing They well. needed him. Yes. Player of the week? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Slow down. Serious? There's over 200 players in the Western Conference, and I would say maybe 30 of them are probably still playing better than Melo did last week. This is arguably the first ever legacy player of the week. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Good call. Good call. I uh, Yeah, and I do agree that like it's... The, the crawling uh, player of the week steps, right? And then the walking player of the month. Player of the month is a pretty big deal, right? I think there's only six playing months, like six of those awards yeah. that go. Um, so, like, those are big deals. But I'm going I'm to give you a stat line here and say if you, you remember this. Uh, 2010-11, 25 points, 7.7 assists, four rebounds a game. Shooting about 49% for three, about 33%. Top... Record in the league. Do you know whose stats those were? Top record in the league in 2011. It was the Heat. 
25 points, 7.7 assists, and 4 rebounds. No, it's not the Heat. Derrick Rose MVP season. Yeah, 2011. You're right. Yeah. 25, 7, and 4. Luka Doncic at, at 20. That was Derrick Rose at, at 21. This is Luka Doncic right now. Are you telling me there's a new flavor on the block? There's an absolutely new flavor on the block because he is averaging 30 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists through 20 games. That's a quarter of the season. That's a little more than a hot streak, so to speak. Who does Luka Doncic remind you of? He reminds me of a lot of things. I uh, I said this to you off air, but Trey Kirby on the No Dunks had a great comparison calling him LeBron James Harden. Because he's right in between the two. Because he's definitely bigger than James Harden, like uh, height-wise. So he does. He can pass better because he can see over the defense a lot more, a la LeBron James. What he does in the pick and roll um, and how he can maneuver his body in the paint is incredible. He's already one of the best paint scorers in the league. His touch is amazing, literally from right under the basket to five feet behind the line it's really tough because he's he's just a big mix of different guys uh there's a really popular reddit post this week about uh comparing his some of his top plays to larry birds which we both agree was somewhat of a stretch uh, depending on what play you're talking about but the fact that you can compare these highlight plays means not only is this guy getting it done but he's getting it done in a flashy way which is why i mean if we're talking flavor of the week Flavor of the month, man. This guy's super exciting to watch, and it's actually impacting the win-loss column, which I think is a huge deal. So my big question that I really wanted to ask you this entire episode, this was a lot of 20 minutes of foreplay, basically. What actually has to happen? What's that timeline for, for Luka Doncic to get the MVP award this year? Where are they in the standings? Uh, I think they're about fourth in the West. Two seed. They're a two seed right now. Okay, so they just beat the Lakers. No, they got to be a two seed. Oh, they got to be a two seed. Yeah, okay. they're they're currently the four seed. If they are a two seed, fifty plus wins, and only the Lakers are ahead of them, AD and LeBron split the vote. Gotcha. Um, what has to happen in the East then? Giannis doesn't get the one seed. Uh, the Bucks don't get the one seed. The Raptors take it from him. Oh, spicy P. Yeah, spicy uh, P. So Giannis fails expectations. Spicy P and the guys all distribute their play. Spicy P, strong campaign, top five MVP candidate. Um, So the MVP race would be Giannis, Spicy P, AD, LeBron, Luka. Okay. Uh, No, take take AD out, put James Harden. Right. Um, And then AD, LeBron split their vote. Uh, Giannis fails expectations. Fred Van Vliet and OG and the whole democratic system going on in Toronto. Nick Nurse. Yeah. Double N, Too baby. good. Give him coach of the year. They don't need anything else. And then uh, give it to Luca. Two seed, 50 plus wins. And it's not even that outlandish to say anymore. No, that's kind of weird. It's like he had a great rookie year, you know? Um, it, I wouldn't say like it was an all-timer of a rookie year. But it was fantastic. Still 20 points, 8 assists. Or sorry, 6 assists, 8 rebounds. Like, he's, he, he just puts up monster numbers because of the way he plays. Mm-hmm. And he's a big guy. But I just love the gamesmanship that Sky has. Like, the step back on LeBron. Um, just beating the Lakers by 20 points and constantly doing it in the clutch. 
I just can't see how the rest of this guy's career is not legendary. Yeah. And that's insane to talk about a 20-year-old. That's a strong take for a 20-year-old. It's, it's all, he's already building his case, like, game by game, the things that he's doing. Did you feel the same way about Derrick Rose? I think I did, yeah. Because it's a little different because that was an incredible basketball team. Yeah, like, in terms of just build. Defensively, was, uh, everything, hustle. Absolutely. Uh, that was Thibodeau's heyday, right? Like, yep. that was when he got some fresh guys. With some, ice! Yeah. Ice! <laughs> with some fresh legs. Ice! And they were ready to ice at yeah. least those couple of years, right? And oh, that, yeah. That's why they were at the top of the Yeah, league, they had fresh legs before their legs needed ice. <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Noah was incredible. He had an MVP. Uh, well, dang, baby. Let's well, go. dang, right? Like, uh, they, they had a great team and they were built around this little engine named Derek Rose. Captain Kirk off the bench, my guy. Absolutely. They had a phenomenal roster. I think that's the biggest difference between that team and then this Dallas team. I mean, Porzingis isn't even playing super well. Yeah, no, this is this is like uh I forgot who who said it. I, I think it was maybe Nate Duncan. Um right now he's just a better Brook Lopez. Which is also, <laughs> which is also still very good. Who's that shade on? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, he's a better Brook Lopez, which is still very good, but not what you actually wanted or expected of Chris Dapp's Porzingis. Right. But kind of fits better with Luca than Chris Dapp's Porzingis does. Better Brook Lopez fits better than Chris Dapp's. Especially Splash Mountain last year. Exactly. Dude's wilding out there. So if if, if Zinger is that. It's still pretty good. And and you know what? That's more realistic. It's less strain on his knees, and it allows Luka to actually play the way he's playing. No doubt. No doubt. My my point is is that comparing Derrick Rose's uh, youngest ever MVP and Luka's potential MVP this year is that I think there's so much more load on Luka's shoulders. Who's the third best player on the Mavs right now? Dwight Powell? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Finney Smith, you know, Hardaway's playing well lately. I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy, right? And that that Bulls team was was absolutely stacked, stacked with great role players. To be fair, oh yeah, but uh, Luke, Luke is just killing the league. He's he's completely killing the league right now, and it's it's so much fun to watch. I love hearing everybody's take about it because I think everyone's really excited. You know, for the first time, a lot of people are really excited about this season in general be just because it's so open. But with that being said, having a young star really just completely penetrate, like, the pantheon of, like, the current basketball hierarchy is dope. It's, it's so dope much, as hell, man. It's so much fun as a basketball <laughs> fan. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Was the Luca Trey Young trade a win-win? It's tough because again, the Hawks are garbage right now. They're so <laughs> garbage. And um, do you think Luca could save that team? Yes. Cause, really? Wow. Yeah. Because uh, I like this take. I love. I love the. <laughs> you see the Ringer video that they put out? Uh, I think it was today actually, and it was basically a supercut of their live draft coverage of every comment that they made about Luca, and it was basically a love fest between... Oh, basically how four teams skipped on them? Exactly. Yeah. It, was, it was a love fest between O'Connor and Bill saying how much, like, uh, all their grades basically were r- related to where Luca went, right? Yeah. And Bill made one of the smartest points that I've heard him make in a long time, 
You said you look at every single championship team for the past 20 years. You probably can go back deeper. Every single one of them had an elite playmaking wing. I mean, you take all of LeBron's championships out, yep. and you still got what? You still got Wade there. You got Kawhi. Yep. I think the Mavs might be the closest to not. The Mavs and uh, the Pistons were probably the closest to not actually having that. And it, it involved freak play, either either the most uh, balanced five-man lineup ever or Dirk Nowitzki just borderline blacking out 100%. with a flu mid, mid-series mid and, and winning it. Yeah. No doubt. So when you go into the draft and you see what these these guys can be, when's the last time a team with a dominant center being their best player won the championship? Hmm. A dominant center. Was it Duncan? Not in 15, because he wasn't the best player in 15. Do you count Draymond Green? No. Okay. Huh. So <laughs> when you're when you're the Suns and you're the Kings and you pick Aiton and Bagley, looking at who's winning that championship, which is your goal, I believe, Yeah. it makes a lot of sense to take someone like Luca right off the bat. It does. We're going to continue this, though, <laughs> over in the studio. If you're listening to this on the podcast, just continue listening. You'll hear some nice little music, and then we'll probably have some weird, weird intro, as uh, you're accustomed to now. But if you're listening to us live here on 101.5 UMFM, you can find the rest of the show on your favorite podcast catcher. Just search Game of Runs. If not, we'll see you next week, probably. Photos like maybe I should take more photos that aren't for Instagram. I'm trying to just get, to be able to look back on them after. I'm trying to get bangers too, though. Like I'm trying to, but I'm I'm doing it for the clout. Yeah, like I'm trying to hit triple digits every every single thing I post. Yes, and uh, and, and it's at the point where it's like, um, do you have an image to maintain? Like, no. Do you have, you don't <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me, right? That wasn't yeah, rhetorical. Yeah. I I it started off as rhetorical, but okay. I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm so glad you answered it. Um yeah, I guess like yeah, I'm not I'm not like yo, what's Neil Newman <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't really think about Instagram like that, but if I see like based off algorithms because I DM you basketball stuff and, and other memes, um You'll probably show up in my algorithm as one of the first few photos when I open Instagram. Fair. But how often do you post? You post like fucking like six times a year. Yeah. So I I, I guess it wouldn't make much of a difference to me. I just don't know. I'm in a constant What's internal dialogue with myself of... Why am I on this? Why am I... Why would I post? I don't want to post. So why do I think I have to post? That's a real feeling. I shouldn't post. Okay. Do you feel like it's circular? Like you're kind of talking yourself into it because you're thinking about it this way? Yes. We got a cat a month ago. No one knows it. Yeah, I wouldn't have known unless you told me. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, dude, we got a cat last night. Like, what? I kind of like that. You like that no one knows that you have a cat? Who needs to know I have a cat? Dude, I I quit Facebook early. Like, I quit Facebook in, like, 2013. I got back on it for in, like, 2015, and then 2016 got off it again. You're actually one of my few friends that has been completely off for a significant amount of time. Yeah, not having Facebook is, uh, first of all, fucking no one remembers your birthday. 
So that, that was like Fair. A, it yes. was a very noticeable jump from having 250 people say happy birthday to you yes. in some capacity to maybe 15. Right. But what matters is, is it's like 15 people who are near and dear to you or 15 people who actually logged in some other way your birthday, right? Um, I don't even know your birthday off the top of my head. I'm guessing June. Yes. And you're, you're, you are March or April? February. See? See what I mean? I, I don't take I usually, that shit to heart at all. You know how I knew your birthday this year? Raysa posted about it. Yeah. It's just like, I wouldn't have known any other way. I caught myself saying to someone, oh, hey, I saw you moved in on Instagram, is how I opened a conversation to somebody in the hall in Frank Kennedy. And then you caught yourself and like, and what I was am like, I saying? What the? Like, yeah. come on. But, but that's also just where society is social media is the talk social media is the starter point but i think i think instagram is still very um i don't want to say necessary but it almost is and facebook isn't if i could take groups messenger and birthdays and make that one thing i don't need the feed anymore i don't need profiles anymore i i just know the most people um in my life are on if there's one pro uh platform they're all on it it mostly is facebook right and then yeah it's the most accessible exactly and i think college was a big thing for facebook like groups and messages that was like you needed to be on facebook to be part of these groups to share projects um to to do stuff with with uh i was gonna say coworkers, but uh classmates Mm -hmm. needed to be on it the birthday thing I think that's that's it's a, a courtesy thing. It's not necessary, yeah, but, but it's nice to know. But it is a good thing to know other people's birthdays that are in your life, right? Like yes. if you're walk again walking past them in the hall, or whatever. Like I know it's your birthday, happy birthday, right? Yeah. Or or shooting a text or whatever. I think those are, those are positive things. But I think the news feed is completely sh- like I don't know any sort of value coming out of the news feed anymore. Is Farmville still a thing? No. Okay. Good. It might be the whole Zynga thing. I think maybe they're off of Facebook. Oh, they might be independent now. My entire Facebook feed now is, is WhatsApp integrated into Facebook in any way, or no. are they just separate entities it's owned by the same company? exactly? Okay. Yes. Uh, so is it, so is Instagram? Like, they, um, can you embed Instagram still? Yes. Okay, that that at least makes sense. It's the same company. Yes. Um, I still have Instagram, as as some may know. Um, so that's my on the grid sort of stuff. Yes. Mind you, I also only post maybe five times, six times a year, and it's usually something stupid. Right. I, I feel like uh, stories, stories have played a part in in uh, communicating day-to-day or week-to-week information. But outside of that, like, I do feel the need to produce some content in some way, right? It's a world of content. True. Now, how does that affect NBA players? Oh man, this is an NBA pod. <laughs> that actually made me think because I literally produce content for a living. I think that's impacted my, like, I don't want to do that at home. You actually want to disconnect. This exact show is my version of for myself content. Yeah. Like I just love doing this, but going home and thinking about making a post or contributing to a conversation on Twitter. That's it. Like I haven't had the Twitter app on my phone for probably close to a year now, which is nuts as an NBA fan and fantasy football guy. And how big those Twitter communities are. Yeah. A hundred percent. But 
I just, I lost the value. I feel like the best tweets make it on Reddit anyways, you know, or they'll talk about it on podcasts, <laughs> you know, yeah. all, all the people I'm reading their tweets. You'll get Twitter um, highlights off of other socials. Exactly. Right. And I feel like you, you probably felt the same way with Facebook, right? Like the big things that you would probably see on Facebook are going to be on Instagram somehow. You know what the, the, the final straw or the main straw was? Why do I have 1,200 friends? And if someone asked me to name all my friends, I would name like 70 and then start stuttering. Or like, I don't even know if I can name 70. I can name 50 and then I'm just be like, you know, I'm just naming people I know, right? Like acquaintances, people I would consider friends if we were in front of each other. But like, dude, I'm running short of names. I'm sure I could still do this. Have you ever heard of Dunbar's number? Uh, you are so okay. I have one of two guesses. One, you are who you associate uh, with the five closest people to you. That's Tim Ferriss's favorite quote that I've probably told you multiple times, okay. or you've read it in his yeah. books. Yeah. Uh, you are uh, a combination or a combination of the five people you associate with most. And Very the, true when you think about it. The other one is uh, over a hundred twenty people is redundant in your life. Like that's a hundred twenty people is the amount of personalities you could functionally know as a regular westernized adult. Yes, I don't even think it's west westernized. Um, but the, yeah, Dunbar, I believe, was a scientist that devoted a lot of his time as far as like the the human brain capacity for social relationships, and okay. he he got to a point with with different experiments and and whatever about uh, one twenty three was the number he thought was the limit of human brain uh, capability of relationships and remembering their names and who, who they are and what they're doing and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So yeah, when you think about having four digit friends on Facebook or four digit followers plus on Instagram and stuff like that, right? It is actually kind of interesting. I used to, I actually, when I first heard about that, I remember going through my Facebook friends and the 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 remove friend is so i don't know it's both like relieving in a way but also sad of like it's not like i don't like this person dude imagine take that literally (laughs) remove friend yeah without a doubt yeah it just sounds bad but i the way i did it was i asked myself a question i don't know why this specific example came up but um, and it, it's kind of fitting with Dece- De- December and shopping for Christmas because this is what I imagined. If I'm in St. Vitale Mall, Polo Park, whatever, and you know how there's a left side and a right side. If I'm on the right side of the mall going one way, I, I'm going somewhere. I'm I shopping, already like right? this. And that person on my Facebook friend list is on the left side yeah. coming the other way. We absolutely see each other. Yeah. Are you going over there instead of just waving? Like- exactly. If I, if I thought to myself, there's no way we're actually going to meet in the middle and, and talk, yeah. remove a friend. The Noonan paradox. And I got down to like 300 just asking that one question because it was amazing how many acquaintances that I even thought about like, am I ever going to see this person for the rest of my life? A lot of it was like, probably not. Like, another, like, another qualifier. Have I said more than 100 words to this person in real life? Without a doubt. Friend requests used to come out of nowhere back in like the early 2010s. Yeah. You know, like a like fresh out of high school. I remember it was just like, that was a way to keep up with so many people. That's so crazy. Have you ever done DMT? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Jesus Christ. I was just taking a sip of water. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Uh, actually, to relate this back to basketball, like how does that affect... Like when you hear these almost Drake-esque memes, like, yo, keep a small circle, 
uh, or keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, sort of like on the on that sort of. I'll relate life. this back to basketball. Did you see Demar Derozan's quote the other day? Yes. About him saying he would have loved to play in the '90s, not just because of the style of basketball, but because of where society was with um, with social media. Mm-hmm. That both made me so like that hit home with me so hard, but it also made me so sad hearing that from him. That he's actually living that life, that and he, he's saying something he, very candid. He just and I don't want to take this deeper than it might have been. I'm not going to speak for him at all, but it definitely sounded like something where, uh, and I don't want to make the comparison to people that are transgender, but the idea of like I'm in the wrong spot, like this yeah. isn't this isn't who I am meant to be, and I feel that like deeply. And that's when I heard that quote from him. I'm like. Oh man, like that, that's just not a like, oh man, yeah, I, I, my game fits the 90s kind of thing. Like the fact that he added. No, he feels uncomfortable in day to day life because of this. Exactly. And he feels like just knowing where society was and social media and, and the digital age is, is a huge part of that for sure. And he's, he's talked about this um, openly, uh, about his like social anxiety and stuff. But thinking about how the world was just so completely different in the 90s. Man, yeah, that was uh, that hit home for me for sure. I I've always loved Demar, love that man, but like, dude, two peas. I I love that. I love that. Yeah, and uh, to slightly like go on that same wavelength, I I think he's the he's one of the dudes that should be celebrated in terms of coming out and talking about mental health and Kevin Love as well. Um, because social media like it it just greatly affects how people move and communicate nowadays. And, and feel about themselves and others. Yeah, yeah. Dramatically. Like you're talking about, the pressure to post, the pressure to um, maintain the status or this image, and curious about how, like how it how it really affects, um, whether it's your game on the floor or how you feel in day to day life, right? Like, Demar, uh, I think you just pulled it up. Demar has zero posts now on his Instagram, so um, and following zero. And following zero, yeah, it's not... And two and a half million followers. Is it worth constantly having to deal with the media comparing you, comparing you to others and having yourself on social media compare yourself to others? Because naturally, you're just going to do it. Yeah, no doubt. Like, he, like, NBA players get it from, like, externally, right? Yeah. Like, they got other people doing it for them <laughs> while yeah. they're, they're doing it for themselves. So they're already comparing, right? That's a that's a super tough spot to be in. And I love hearing from different players talk about just how mundane the day-to-day life could be in the NBA where they're like, yeah, we spend like 6 hours a day in a hotel sometimes. Yeah, there's just some legit dead spots. Yeah. Like, These guys work their asses off. Without a doubt. Yeah. But there's some downtime for sure. Say they'll have like a team meeting in a conference room, something. They go up and then it's like nap time or room service or whatever. They get ready for the game, go to the arena around 3. Like they have so much time, though, it's to, so to much look at their phone. Yeah, one place to the other, uh, commuting. Yeah, exactly, on the bus, on the plane, yeah. right? Like, they have so much time to look at what others are saying about To them. distract you from the people in the room. Yeah, so when I hear guys like J.J. Redick saying that just completely off social media, I think it's been, uh, he definitely said it in the summer he's been off for a while. So it's it's been it's been a bit for him just being completely off social media. Yeah. And he was saying, he's just like, it's it's just such a, a more clear day-to-day thought process about what's important 
the people around you kind of thing, what the focus is, because you don't realize how much noise there is until you until you stop it. Yeah. And then hearing it from people that have, and they're just completely, like, you, you see the comments all the time on Reddit, right? Like, oh, I left Facebook so long ago kind of thing, but it's just one less thing, one one less, like, amplifier of noise. You're still on Reddit. That just makes people feel better. Yeah. You're, you're still on Reddit. You're still on Instagram. You still may be on Twitter, yeah. you know? Your like, noise voice. Yes. Advice, sorry. But the fact that there's one less voice in the room kind of makes things a little bit easier and a little bit better um, for you to kind of focus on, first of all, the people in front of you, and two, um, you'll be able to get the knowledge that you still care about through other mediums. Uh, now, is it like, would you rather have the situation where uh, you walk up to that person and you're like, yo, I, I saw you moved in on Instagram the other day, or would you rather have, so man, what you been up to, and have a full thorough conversation based off like, yo, I just moved actually. Right. Like, I just moved into this new place. Um, would you rather have that primer for a conversation, or would you rather have the spontaneity of things? And I, it changes from case to case, obviously. And that's just one little example, but like, how necessary is it? Because with Instagram, you could have hundreds of starting points every time you see someone. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, that's a, so, that's a great thought process. There's a function for it uh, in terms of being able to actually relate it, r- relate it to the faces in front of you. But does it, is the trade-off of not being on there? Like, does this person see you as less familiar because they don't see you on social media anymore? Right. Yeah. It's, it's actually funny thinking about how in a perfect world, I think the spontaneity, spontaneity, the spontaneousness, <laughs> spontaneity, the, the perfect conversation of bo- both going in blind to what each other's is up to and then exploring that in a conversation sounds so much better. It sounds, yeah. it sounds like fun, right? But I think the factor of the matter is... I want to see Alex Caruso and Bobby Portis, yeah, yeah. no phones, <laughs> just having a good chat. I want to see what they talk about. Yo, how much Caruso news is there nowadays? Like, everyone's talking so much Dude, about LeBron, this Dude, LeBron's going to earn him, like, 464, and we're all just going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> like, LeBron, LeBron's bigging him up enough, and he's got the Lakers shine, and he's, right. like, a functional good player. Yeah. That it's actually good. He's going to get... Paid. He's gonna get his. He's gonna get a LeBron hairline soon. Oh, will it? It's gonna be crazy. Absolutely. So if I saw Alex Caruso in the hallway, and (laughs) (laughs) I went up to him and I said, "Hey, I loved what Coach Vogel said about you, saying you're like an an all league defender." He's like, "Yeah, man, that's really nice." What if I said, "Like, hey, what's how's it been lately?" And he's (laughs) like, "Man, Neil, Coach Vogel said I was was an all league defender." I'd be so hyped for Caruso. <laughs> like, man. yo, that's wild. Man. Yeah, I'd be so happy for him. So, yeah, I think that is definitely a better situation. But I also feel like so many people are unequipped to have those conversations now. How do you think Kawhi Leonard has handled social media? I love it, man. He just he just means business. He he means business. But the the most telling thing in which I think his his person I'm not going to say his personality is never okay, but. I think how he handles the media and how he delivers his message. Very monotone. How he communicates. Very deadpan. I think that is so okay because yes. he has a 100% approval rating from his teammates. The yeah. Raptors loved him. They like The Spurs all, loved him. All the clips, you know, like it seems like he's just such a great guy 
that him being able to put out that persona, like that's being asked of him, like a con, a, it's in his contract that what he, it do, that baby? He, yeah, that he has like, to talk to the media, right? Yeah. Um, but he doesn't know. He these doesn't people. like doing it. That's why he communicates that way, without a doubt. But it seems like when he's when he's buds with people, his teammates, like. Super fun guy, right? Yeah, he's a fun guy. Yeah. So how he handles social? I have no problem with how he handles anything. I have no problem with Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Neil Noon, maybe. I, I have no problem with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, yeah. He won. A, he won the Raptors title. He's good. He can do whatever he it's wants. Good, good in yeah. my good in my heart. That's yeah. for sure. Okay. Uh, is Spicy P an asshole? You sure? You sure think so? I mean, I'm just saying. Think about it. <laughs> He he's spicy. He, he kind of seems like the guy that talks a little shit behind your back. In, but he's super nice and fun. In <laughs> those team you. promos, they're like uh, they ask the question, "Who talks the most trash?" And all of them raise the spicy P one. Oh man! So uh, I'm just saying, spicy P might be one of those Jimmy Butler effects. Come on! But come on! You see that guy's smile? Uh, he's a charmer. <laughs> well, he's a charmer. He ever. Yeah, that's that's when I could see him just being a complete dick, and then he just smiles, and you're like, ah, Pascal. it's all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, dude is balling out though, just what, completely balling out. I again, I watched the league through the Raptors lately a lot more than I used to. The NBA champion, world champion Lakers wearing the hat right now, defending champs. I saw them completely demolish the Utah Jazz in uh, the first half Sunday night. I think they were up 40-plus at one point. In the first half, they put up 77. And Pascal is playing. Like, I don't know who can stop him. I would I would love to see down the stretch, thinking about the wings in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics have a few of them could absolutely try and lock down Pascal, but there's not a lot of other players. Ben Simmons is playing super well in D right now. I think he would probably guard him on Philly. Milwaukee's really interesting because is it Giannis that would go on him? Jimmy Butler would probably try and guard him with the Heat, but he's a, he's given up size. The matchups going down the stretch now with Kawhi gone, I think is going to be really interesting because I don't think Toronto's selling for parts anymore. No. They actually might be buyers as soon as this uh, December 15th uh, all tradable players start going on. Um, also, longest streak in NBA uh, history in the last like thirty years with uh, without a trade, like five plus months right now, which is insane to think about. But there hasn't been a trade. Um, I think there's going to be a few when uh, when December fifteenth rolls around. Two weeks, six of the past, maybe the six past trade deadlines. There's only been one dead one or one quiet one, and I mean quiet as in like less than twenty transactions. Right. Every every other one has been kind of a freak show or kind of, you know, pretty exciting. Uh, or there was a massive change to the league or massive trade a month or two before, right? Like There's always some key, like, swing trades, like a salt trade, right? Like, yeah, there you go. There's always a Trade few. deadline, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely curious to see what the Raptors would be in the market for. Um, you have Van Vliet playing out of his mind with Lowry out. Um, in 11 games without Lowry, 21 uh, 21 points per game, uh, four rebounds, seven and a half assists, and 40% from three. In the past 11 games, no Lowry. You get Lowry back, you increase Fred's usage, limit Lowry a bit. Lowry stays healthier, still starts. Um, still going to win you games, man. Yeah, so your point guards are strong. You still got the wings, Pascal and OG. Do you need a third, like, 
like really strong versatile wing in there. Um, and then the big guys, Gasol, Ibaka. Ibaka's injured. Um, Just played his first game back last night. Oh, there you go. Bang, bang. Um, so where do you want to upgrade if you are a buyer? I think I think OG is going to be an internal upgrade. He came out swinging before he yep. got uh, just mauled in the eye uh, and missed a few games, uh, had a concussion and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a big um, bummer. But he, him at his peak, he could be like the often second best player on a night for that team. Uh, Norm Powell is playing extremely well. He's on a phenomenal contract. I, I'd be really curious to see what kind of moves or what kind of position they're in to make moves down the stretch and how Masai really wants to start molding this team. Cause I don't want to say he just keeps gone, like just finding buried treasure, but the fact that he came in wanting to completely rebuild and then all of a sudden the Rudy Gay trade worked really well in their favor and their team got really, really good with uh, Patrick Patterson and that whole, that whole bunch. And they've been succeeding ever since. Like we've been waiting for this Maasai rebuild. We were going to think it was going to be this year because they have three massive contracts now, two with Kyle Lowry's extension um, of vet players with Gasol and Ibaka uh, and and Freddie for for that matter that are ready to hit the open market with a team that will most likely start rebuilding as we all thought. And then they come out like gangbusters. I think they're second in the East right now, uh, the best defense in the league. Oh my God, where could they upgrade? That's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, could they get Beal? Don't play with me, Neil. Don't play what, with me. What if What if they got, like, I don't know if they could, get, Freddie's restricted, right? Like, would you trade Freddie, Norm, and, ooh, it's got to be a young guy somehow. It can't be OG. Boucher? Boucher, maybe, and like a draft pick for Beal. So Lowry, Beal, OG, Pascal, Marcusol, Abaka. I don't know how I feel about giving up Van Vliet, which is weird to say. <laughs> oh, for Bradley Beal. Damn, how yeah. far we've come, hey? I don't feel good. Oh, man. I feel kind of different. Crazy. Yo, I'm a Look huge, at that. I'm a huge fan of everybody. What's the eats. date? Like two th- or, uh, December 2nd, 2019? Like four months, like five, six months ago, whatever. <laughs> Imagine saying that, like Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, we're good. Fred, we're, we're good on Beal. Fred Van Vliet. His wife gave birth, and then he won Canada championship. Completely locked down, one of the best players on the planet. Yeah, he's uh, he's proved uh, himself not not only to overcome um, the odds, like on the court, being a smaller guy. And being an unexpected success story, but he wasn't drafted. Yeah, right? like this is like this is an undrafted level talent. G League guy. Yeah, um, a true success story in that regard. And, and Pascal. And, yeah, and Pascal. Uh, can you name uh, what other teams come to mind when you think of a plus internal development? Mm, that's tough. I mean, Spurs. Spurs is classic. Spurs is but, the longest running but, one. But what project have we seen? I don't want to call players projects, but in this case, it's probably the good word to say it. Who have we seen from the Spurs lately that has succeeded their expectations as like a young player? DeJounte Murray, right? He's playing pretty well. I don't know where Brent Forbes came from. Yeah. I don't know where Derek White came from. G League. 
Lonnie Walker, I think injuries definitely derailed him in his first season. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard from him. Is he even playing this season? I have no idea. You know? so Not going to lie, man. I haven't watched much Spurs. No, it's because they've been garbage. Yeah. They've always been as trash as the Hawks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're classics, I think, just because they find uh, diamonds in the rough. And, I mean, if a team finds diamonds in the rough better than uh, the Heat, let me know. Yeah. Because, I mean. The Heat have been very good. I mean, Hero was a draft pick that got applauded definitely across the league. And, man, that dude just balls out, uh, especially in the summer league. Like, a lot of people are really hot on him. But Kendrick Nunn, I think he was playing on the Santa Cruz Warriors last year. So to to get him off the scrap heap, literally, and, and bring him in and, honest to God, is, like, playing at rookie of the year levels right now, which is, sidebar, not a very impressive class right now. No, it's not. It's really not. And so you got you got Jaw, who's now injured out week to week. Have you ever heard that with back spasms? Uh, in the NFL, yeah, week to <laughs> week. What does that mean? Maybe this week, maybe next. We'll like, figure it out. Come on, like that's insane. If it's the middle of the week, don't ask us till next week. I guess not. Um, and then I'm I'm even struggling to think about. We were talking about Rui Hashimura before. Um, Forty-one points recently. Put on a showing recently? Oh, it beats me. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> the Wizards are also uh, actually they're like on the fringe of the playoffs, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> Beal is pretty good. I was gonna say they're trash too, but uh, no, they stole Bertans off uh, the Spurs. Yeah, as far as like getting guys and making them better, uh, those three organizations definitely stand out. Do any are there any that are missing that really stand out to you as far as like guys that just get better playing there? I don't mean to discredit how dumb talented they are, but like the Warriors definitely having four draft picks That's fair. succeed and become Hall of Fame level talent. Yeah. Or three, three at least for sure. Um other than the Warriors, I can't really think of the the Thunder. Okay. Yeah. The Thunder is three well. MVPs. Yeah, three MVPs and uh Eight of the past ten scoring titles. Yeah. So I mean, uh, those guys definitely stand out. But like, that's also like just freak good drafting. Exactly. Is that good Luck drafting or is that good development? Like, would those players have been even a minus of their versions of themselves on uh, other teams? Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Because um, who else has who else have they developed over there? I mean, Nerlens is playing better there than he has anywhere else. Yeah. And you love Alex Abrinas, don't you? I do. <laughs> Where's he nowadays? I don't even know. No, also, is Robertson ever gonna play again? <laughs> no, he's a perennial. He's wait, out. Like, wait till he comes back, man. He is, man. He's he took a page from uh, Parsons' uh, book, man. Like, he's just completely gone. Get I, paid. Rem- just... Like, I remember Durant and Russ were on the team. And they're just like, wait till we get Andre back. Yeah, <laughs> gonna be great. It's That's almost twenty twenty, and he has. <laughs> He's That's dating someone famous, though. He's da- oh, Rachel Demita from uh, 2K. No, yeah, really? Oh, yeah. You ever see uh, Rachel's weird vlogs? <laughs> no, he's Robertson's on 2K TV a lot more, hey? Oh, yeah, he is. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for Robertson, man. Good for Robertson. Live your best life, man. Yeah, heck yeah. Screw the basketball, oh, dude. Ra- Rachel's beautiful. She yeah. seems pretty awkward, but she's beautiful. Definitely awkward. Definitely like... You seem like an internet avatar. You seem like more of a robot than Adam Silver. If your ears perked up in the last 30 seconds because of everything I just said, go to YouTube and watch her vlogs. It'll be a good watch for you. Okay, Rachel Demita vlogs. (laughs) Definitely 
definitely noted <laughs> super awkward <laughs> i just i i can't help but think about who the camera person is and who's editing these like oh, who, oh like it's not it's hired? not a selfie vlog oh no 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 it's not someone, a Ray Ray? someone is following her with uh with a camera oh man that's weird yeah and she's not editing in those she doesn't know what premiere pro is are you subscribed no 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 okay um, I, I subscribed at first. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, the 2K girl is yeah. vlogging. And then I watched a couple. And I was like, I can't watch this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, yeah, That's all you need, really. Yeah. I think I, I think I saw it because she was, like, specifically vlogging for the NBA. Is she Canadian? All-Star League. Or, sorry, All-Star Game. I don't know. And I hope not. <laughs> Holy purveyor of Canada. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we have a pretty good list that we don't need Rachel on. Yeah, fair enough. I don't uh I was just curious for uh you know, for Team Canada's sake. Yeah. You know. oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, great segue. Exactly. I actually wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Um what do you think about these guys all committing out of nowhere? Not only committing, but professing their love for Canadian basketball. Oh yeah. <laughs> After completely oh, shitting yeah. on it. Where have you guys been for yeah. so long? Couldn't be happier and prouder of a Canadian to be uh joining the Team Canada roster for the twenty twenty Olympics. Oh man. Oh really? Yeah, come on. Oh, oh really? Man. All we needed was Wiggins to come out and say, like, I'm a better player now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to take on the Maple Leaf. Yeah, apparently um I love these NBA copy pastas that have come out recently. He's uh he was uh, caught in the gym mumbling, gotta get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> so so occasionally he did need to get better to be fair and he did get better he, he has big shouts young saunders coach saunders yep. and uh big shouts wiggins for you know gotta get better yeah without a doubt man I, he, he's the last like if he commits is like oh my god canadian basketball is taking itself seriously that's a that's a great lineup um i mean we talked about this uh in the preseason a little bit but thinking about jamal murray sga wiggins I'm trying to think of their bigs. I think that's where they lack for sure. They got tons of good guards. Corey Joseph, who literally just there's only carried one the answer. torch. There's only one answer. Big Kelly. We're bringing Joel Anthony back. Hey, <laughs> he's also been a Canadian mainstay. He's been a Canadian mainstay for years. There were multiple uh, basketball uh, competitions, uh, like the World Cup of Basketball and Olympics. Joel's he, always there. He was the only NBA player there. Yeah. So big credits to uh, Joel Anthony. Yeah. Sure, you're 46, put you on the roster. Honorary, why not? 15th man. Without a doubt. Dude also has a massive head. Yeah, he does. He has a big-ass head. He's smart, though. And that's a guy with a big head saying that, right? Uh, RJ Barrett, Jamal Murray, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. What a backcourt. I mean, yeah, and all three committed. And Corey's got to start overall <laughs> because yeah, hey, God bless Corey. He was in Winnipeg playing Nigeria. Yes, he was in the winter time. He, he deserves the starting spot. Yeah, um, Corey Joseph, uh, the new captain Canada, because yeah. the one who has never given up without a doubt. Um, Kelly was also there but hurt. Yeah, so you have Corey Joseph not committed but probably going to be there. You have Wiggins, hopefully your bigs, as you said, Kelly Olynyk, Tristan Thompson, Dwight Powell. There's some options there. If you want to stretch for Trey Lyles, then you got the young guys, Boucher and Birch, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You can put Brandon Clark in there. Uh, my Our boy, Brady Heslip, right? Um, but yeah. Brady's not making this team. No, he's not making this he's team. Not making this no, team. there's too many good Canadians right yeah. now. So If everyone committed, Brady's not sniffing that roster. No. Uh, yeah, Brady Heslip is like kind of the pipe dream of uh, fringe – three-point sniper that we hoped had made the league 
when Canadians weren't making the league. Right. And but we, Canadians yeah. are making the league now at a freakish rate. And they're super good. Like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker can take that Heslip spot, no problem. Dude, balls when he gets yeah. in the in the game. Have you seen a Pelicans game when uh, when he plays a lot of minutes? No, but I should. Dude is... okay. I, I like not, that Pelicans roster. His usage percentage is sky high. Like, he has the ball the entire time, and he's either shooting or getting an assist, or he's upset about it. Like, he, <laughs> he's all over the place. So, yeah, he would... Uh, uh, Haslip's not near this roster, but yeah, like I, I love our bigs. Uh, Boucher, obviously, uh, he's had a great couple years. Uh, Kem Birch really coming to uh, coming into his own. That's another guy that also came to Winnipeg. So shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think honest Dwight Powell might be one, if not our best big now. What is one basketball player that is realistically like? Uh, I want you to answer this on a fringe. Less than 84 2K rating scale. Okay. What is an NBA big that you wish was Canadian that would commit to the team? Marcus Gasol. Wow. The big Spaniard. That's he, a very good call. Like maybe like a 79 to 81 2K rating. Yeah, but like... I, Aging I mean, veteran. Yeah. Could carry your... Basically coach your team on the floor. He just... He really does have it all. He's personable. He's talented. He's experienced. He's a he's a stretch five, like he he's uh, Spain Spain lucked out with him. The Gasol bros, and Mark Mark the uh, the late bloomer, if you will, of the Gasol brothers for sure. But like, dude, also both NBA champions. Credit to them both. But like, yeah, Gasol really came on as one of the premier top guys uh, midway through this decade. Really with that grit and grind, and. Uh, yeah, he would be. I, I thought you were going to pull an American player, so I like that you threw me a, a Spaniard. Well, I mean, he's also probably the closest to Canadian, anyways. Yeah, I mean, yeah. S- spent a lot of time up here now. That's true. That's very true. Memphis, I mean, uh, Vancouver, and then uh, Toronto. Yeah. Without so, a doubt, man. G- give me that guy every day. Give him a passport. Why not? Just, just slide him one, you know? I like that. Actually, I dislike the 10 things I like and don't like. Yeah. One of the things I don't like is that it took these guys this long, and I'm not sure why now. Like, were they prompted by a question? Like, where where did this come from? Do you have any context to this? No, I just saw these quotes. I just saw the headlines, right? Yeah, so so did I. Uh, maybe we should do some digging after, but uh, we don't do that before the show. No. We no. just ponder, and then we're like, <laughs> oh, we should look into this afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Got a professional. I, we got a tight ship here. Folks. Yeah, where were they in our other qualifiers? They literally waited to the very last time, which is going to be tough because there's a lot of good teams in this tournament this summer to qualify for the Olympics. Come on, that's asking a lot. Come on, uh, the the World Cup of Basketball kind of did itself in. Yeah, for like the timing of it, you mean? Yeah, or what awful mean? timing. Uh, Possibly running correspondence with some, uh, like some of the qualifiers running correspondence with the NBA season, and you're also asking it one year before the World Cup, um, and you'll be doing it every five years, whereas one's every four years, or like I, I, I don't know uh, the, the the way they set it up, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. So I'm not I'm not a fan of what the World Cup of Basketball did, but I do like the idea of it. I do like oh yeah, I mean you just can't be mad at these guys for like. No, this is silly because this will hurt my pocket because I won't perform as well in the NBA season or I'll look bad in this tournament because no one – it's kind of like a snowball effect, right? Like no one committed 
and this season kind of sucks compared to the Olympics. There's still more of a draw in the Olympics. We ha- we've had this conversation months ago about how the Olympics is still the one that matters, even though in reality, the World Cup of Basketball might be a better look. Yeah, without a doubt. There's four spots left for the 2020 Olympics. And uh, from what I remember, the Canadian pool is pretty tough. Yes, I'm looking for it right now. Um, the Actually, it's in Victoria, which will be interesting. Oh, great. So they're going to have to take on the likes of Brazil, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican, Mexico, Uruguay. One of those teams will get a bid into the Olymp- into the Olympics. Is there a country you're most worried about? Brazil off the top of my head. Yeah. Just because they've been in the thick of things for a long time, but I'm oh, trying yeah. to think of who would good who would be on their 2020 roster cuz a lot of the guys that I'm thinking of are fairly retired. old, yeah. <laughs> Leandro Barbosa. Mean, meanwhile, Scola was the MVP of uh, the World Cup. So, That's true. I mean... Verjao, Nene, Howell Neto, Fel- uh, Felicio Cristiano. Neto will play for sure. Splitter. Splitter. Bruno. Bruno. Caboclo. Uh, uh, Juertes off Barcelona. Right. Uh, I guess that's all. Uh, Bebe, Noguera. And then uh, I, th- I think that's all the noticeable current guys man we should drive up to victoria that'd be fun that would be fun that's a good idea if wiggins is in we're in too (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first folks if wiggins is in we're in victoria 2020 that that, that might be the move oh that'd be that'd be so much fun uh yeah we're we're running long but we're having fun here on uh gamer runs anything else for our lovely fan listening not really Shout out to you, Michael. Kyrie Irving is we a know, basketball we, we artist. We know you love the stew episodes. Yeah. What'd you say? Kyrie's a virus? <laughs> no, Kyrie Irving is a basketball artist. Oh, yes, he is. That's a, that's all I have to say. <laughs> so, All right. Thank you for listening to Gamer Runs here on uh, 101.5 UMFM and on your favorite podcast catcher. Hope you enjoyed the casual conversation. We actually talked about social media a lot longer than I thought we would, but... We did. I think that was the first 15 minutes. Hey, that's what the studio episodes are about. If you stuck it through, thank you so much. Yes, without a doubt. Uh, And we'll talk to you next week, probably. I mean, it's the holidays and uh, the university has some closures and we'll be busy, but we're going to try and get as many pods done as possible. If not, happy holidays. Absolutely.